Shows on Media. This is Coming Out Stories. It's a podcast about one of the most important conversations of your life. I'm Emma Goswell. You're now going to hear from Lil King Cat. She's a lesbian singer and performer, and she came out in the 90s in Limerick. Her mum had quite a unique response to her coming out as bisexual originally. I feel like I knew when I was really young, you know. I knew, like, I remember I, I used to hang around with a girl called Debbie when I was four. And, and yeah, I kind of knew then. And then when I was 13, I had my first girlfriend in school. Um, but we kind of kept it a secret. But um, 13 is quite young, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how did that come about then? You, you obviously told her that you were gay. Yeah, we were drinking. Um, we were drinking and she had a fight with a guy that was hanging out with us and she ran off and then I ran after her like dramatically and <laughs> and she um, said, oh, can, do you want to come to my house? And then that was it. I just gave her a kiss. That was it. Yeah. You mu- that must have been quite a scary moment there because you wouldn't have known that she was necessarily gay or up for it or bi. Yeah, I, I felt natural. To be honest, I, like we were both drinking, to be fair, but even then it felt natural. Like I, It was kind of like a gradual thing. We were lying next to each other and then um, I kind of just... We were, I was chatting and then I just went on top of her and chatted in her face. <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then, yeah, we had a kiss. I can even remember the song that was playing. It's like Only Words by Extreme are more than words by extreme and uh, there was like our shadows were on the wall (laughs) it was actually quite romantic like for for 13 but yeah and I remember it like it was yesterday but yeah and so how long did you have a relationship for then was it it must have been quite hard to keep that a secret at school yeah I mean we got caught in the toilets once and it was the end of lunchtime and uh, we just stayed in the toilet we had like a little kiss and then one of the teachers came in and knocked on the door and she said, are you two smoking in there? Oh. <laughs> and we just started laughing. Like, we come out, I started laughing. And she looked, and she looked in the toilet to see if there was any cigarettes. And um, she was, you could see she was trying to see if there was smoke. Mm. But there was none. And then she just looked at us, and she's like, I'll go back to class. <laughs> <laughs> so, But there were no repercussions then? No, no, no. I don't think she wanted to ask the question, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, okay. I think it was like... So it's always good to give these things a little bit of um, sort of place and context. So what what year was this roughly and where were you geographically? Mm, so let me see, 81, 91, 90, 94 mm-hmm. in Limerick, Southern Ireland. Okay. And so what was it like growing up then in the 80s, presumably, in Limerick? Was it a fairly tolerant place then? I was kind of like very secretive about being gay there, obviously, but I never really... I'm more experienced kind of a bit of racism if I'm honest because I was quite dark Um, that was more of an issue for me than actually coming out I think when I started to go out properly was when I was about 17 with two gay boyfriends of mine and we used to go to one club called Bobalicious and um, we used to go there all the time it was the only place and I think I was about one of five lesbians that went there and the only femme <laughs> at the time. So you felt really isolated, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely felt isolated. Um, yeah, definitely. We moved to, I moved to Dublin a couple of years later, about two years later. Um, and there was more of a scene up there. But yeah, definitely was isolated. And what sort of things were people saying in school then? Did you, were, were, was there any, you said there was racism, was there homophobia as well? Um... I don't know, to be honest. I didn't. If it, I mean, we were very kind of, we were very 
tactile in classrooms as well. Like we, I'd lean back into her sometimes. Um, no one. It was an all-girls school. No one really said anything about that. Even the teacher at one stage, it was kind of surprising. We had a teacher called Mushihin, and when I think back now, it was quite open. It feels like it was quite open. You know, maybe nobody said anything, but yeah, it was accepted. Seemed to be accepted in in that class anyway. So it was accepted, or was it just that they that you were invisible? They weren't really seeing it. Maybe they weren't seeing it because she had really long hair. I had really long hair. I was really girly at the time. She was really girly, so it could have been that, and just put down to girls that looked like friends or just mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, you were covert lesbians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when was the first time that you did articulate it then and say, "This is me. I'm I'm a lesbian. I'm a gay woman." I kind of. More when I went to Dublin, I moved to Dublin, mm. and I was kind of more out up there. And I'd start to say I was bi for a bit, and mm. I wasn't bi, but I'd say that just to be for it to be received like a bit easier. Isn't that funny? I've spoken to so many people that have done that. I did it myself, but I think it was just because I was confused more than lying. I was like, oh well, I've I've had a boyfriend like hundreds of years ago, so I must be bi. Yeah. But what was it for you? You definitely thought that that would be perceived as better for some reason. Yeah, I think it was more actually in saying that when I was when I was dating when I was thirteen, we we were in school together throughout up until sixth year, and we I spent like a year getting over her because we broke up and we kind of got back together when I was seventeen for like a couple of months and she was dating a guy and I was dating a guy, but then we were still seeing each other, but it was like obviously it was just a cover. So yeah. I so you had a you had a, a beard. You had, you had a boyfriend beard, basically. What's that? Boy? A beard is when uh, well normally it's all the way around. So normally it's um, gay men in things like Hollywood will have a, a pretend girlfriend, oh, and yeah. it's it's their gay and they refer to that woman as being the gay beard. Yeah. All oh, right. Cool. I don't know where the term came from, but that sounds like what you were sort of doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, so that was kind of I suppose the sad side of it, you know, like having to hide things and then, you know. It was kind of, we were secretive, but it was like we knew we had to be secretive and you had to go through that to kind of have that, if that makes sense, I don't know. Yeah. So when did you get the courage to actually articulate it and say to somebody? Say to somebody I'm gay. Mm. When I was in Dublin, I was, yeah, started off saying I was bi, but then eventually I was just totally gay, that's it. And since I've come over to London, I've been completely gay. I think over here has definitely been the best place to be to be gay. London, yeah, I, I think so anyway. So uh, was there a moment where you came out to parents or anything like that? Yeah, there was actually. Yeah. I was partying in my mate's house and it was about seven o'clock in the morning and I decided to call my mum. And uh, yeah, I just said, oh, remember Diane from years ago? And she said, yeah. And I said, that, that's my girl or that's my ex-girlfriend. I used to go out with her and she said, oh, that's lovely. I'm going back to bed now. <laughs> And that was yeah. it, yeah. So that wasn't the reaction you were expecting? No, not really. Not that she was going back to bed. I thought she'd have more to say about it, but she didn't. She she was kind of cool, like, with stuff yeah. like that, so, yeah. So, in a sense, it was an anti-climax. Yeah. 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 But in another sense, she didn't say, oh, my God, you're no longer my child, or the sort of things that yeah. people do worry about, don't they? I think she loved me that much that it was never... Um, that was never an issue. Like, anything mm-hmm. that I did was, you know, never never an issue for her, I think... She was, I mean, she said that she was bi, so, yeah, she dated um, a black woman in the 70s, so... And she told you all about that? Yeah, she said she was pregnant with me, actually, when 
when she was dating a black woman in, oh, in she yeah, yeah. So. And had she told you that prior to you coming out? Um, no, she hadn't oh. actually. Yeah, I had no idea until until I told her. Yeah. So that's interesting. So do you think you you coming out to her? Um, did obviously instill a bit more of a conversation than rather her, than her just saying, "Oh, I'm going back to bed now." She'd never spoken about it before, so mm. yeah, I guess. And how was that then? Your mother sort of semi coming out to you? Yeah, I I was surprised, like, but at the same time, like, my mum was really a really open person, and you know, she was quite like um, young at heart, real life spirit. So I was surprised, but. At the same time, not shocked, if that makes sense, you know, so, yeah. Any other family members that you've had to come out to? Yeah, my sister and brother, I think my brother is born-again Christian now, so sometimes it's a little bit... I don't really talk about being gay with him too much because he often says to me, you know, um, God can remove that, you know, but I know that, you know, just accept him and he accepts me. He says that, but he still accepts me. I don't, like, force those conversations on him. Uh, but when it comes up, he said, "Oh, you never know. Maybe you can change sometime." But like, that's quite hurtful in a way, is it? Do you find that painful um, to hear? No, to be honest, like we didn't grow up together, and he had struggles with addiction, and he felt like through finding God, he got out of addiction. So if that's what works for him, I'm Catholic as well. So you know, I'm happy that he's in recovery. I'm happy that he's clean and sober. The rest of it. We have a great relationship through... I'm in recovery as well, so we have a great relationship through that. Those things kind of seem matterless. To me, anyway, I'm not... Yeah, you know, I think we've got a different type of intimacy. Even though he says that, I'm understanding that his mindset is different, you know, so, yeah. And your sister's cool with it? Yeah, my sister's cool with it, yeah. She's she's not bothered at all. She Yeah, she shaved my hair for me, actually. <laughs> she's your barber. Yeah. <laughs> Now, obviously, you work in the music industry. Yeah. Was there ever a moment where you thought, I should try and present myself as straight or bi, or, or were you always 100% going to be, I'm going to be true to me? To be honest, there's times when I'm rapping or if I'm doing a bit of rap and there's a male audience there, I feel a little bit uncomfortable, unless it's in an urban setting where that music is kind of going on. But, yeah, there's times where I do feel a little bit uncomfortable being kind of tomboyish or a bit like I don't know having masculine behaviors or whatever so yeah but I'm trying to like push through push through that you know because everyone's different so yeah well I mean you performed at Elfest today that's where we're sat at the moment so if you can hear lots of weird noises in the background there's music and tents flapping all around us um but like in your set you definitely use female pronouns don't you? you talk about being with women don't you yeah 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 no, and, like but you feel uncomfortable sometimes singing that? No, I don't feel comfortable singing about women, but I feel more uncomfortable kind of rap- like rapping. Mm. You know, I feel like if there's guys there that might be a bit emasculating seeing that, and in my head I'm thinking, oh, yeah, look, they're, that they're not liking that. Mm. But it's, you know, it's none of my business what they're thinking, but... I guess it's not a very LGBT-friendly um, genre necessarily, would you say? Yeah. It's get, I think it's getting better, but yeah, it's definitely one of the lesser friendly well, genres. Especially with someone like Little Nas X coming out, so that's quite a big deal, right? Who's that? Little, Little Nas X. Little Nas X. He's on um, Billy Ray Cyrus's single. Oh, 
right. Old Town. Have you heard it? Yeah. No, I've no. not heard it. Check it out. You need yeah. to check it out. Yeah. It's been number one. Well, the time we're recording it, it's been number one in the Billboard Hot 100 for 15 oh, weeks. Wow. Okay. Was it the last this recently? Yeah. Yeah. Now. Yeah. It's, oh, if right. it's if it's number yeah. one next week, it will be the longest song at number one ever in the 60 years of the charts. Wow, Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. And he came out as gay a few weeks after getting to number one. Wow, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. Okay, would you have any advice to anyone else, any young people or maybe people listening in Ireland or or, or, or working yeah. as a rapper or whatever it is? Would you have any advice for other people going through the process of coming out? Obviously, it's find people that you trust to talk about it with mm-hmm. and... Um, yeah, and get support from them to go if you want to go and check out a gay place or whatever. But I think it's always good to start with people you're accepted by anyway. Um, most people have an idea if you are. If they're close to you, they have an idea, even if you've not said it. Do you think your mum going, I'm just going back to bed now, was an element of her going, oh, I know this information, I need to go back to sleep now? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but I think she's just very accepting anyway, so, yeah, I don't think it. So she didn't follow it up and go, we need to talk about this. Yeah. N- never. No, she wasn't that kind of mum. She was very chill, very easygoing. Like... It's funny, isn't it? It's like a lot of gay people, they want that. They don't want it to be a big deal. But then I've spoken to other people who go, I kind of want my big moment. I kind of want, you know, it has been a big deal for me to come to this point where I've gone on the phone to you and called you. I kind of want it to be a bit of a big moment and a discussion. Do you, get, do you understand that as well? Yeah. I do, yeah. But it's not been my experience, because I feel like I've always been gay from really young that I just don't feel I've had to kind of because I've felt it in myself and I've had relationships from a young age I feel like I've always been gay if that makes sense Mm. so it's kind of as long as I was happy and able to see women then I was happy so yeah and that's the most important thing right yeah yeah Yeah, women make me happy (laughs) amen to that (laughs) and keep making great music and singing and rapping about women (laughs) thank you big thank you to little king cat who spoke to me backstage at the elfest music festival last summer do go and check her out lil king cat Please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We'd also love to hear from you on Twitter. You can find us there at Come Out Stories. I'm Emma Goswell, and Coming Out Stories is a What Goes On media production. Next time on Coming Out Stories, you'll meet Matthew Diebler. He's a filmmaker and a TV producer, now living in LA. But he grew up in rural Ohio, where he had a terrible time at school. I got beaten up a handful of times, yeah. Rural Ohio is it's very country, it's very masculine, it's very football focused. I had, you know, I had school administrators that would look the other way while I got beat up, like, it, it, because they considered it my fault.